It's okay to break out of the mold. You don't have to do whatever what society wants you to do, which is get the secure job, get the pension, this and that and that. All that's really great on paper, but it does it, it's it's just not the energy that <laughs> that you're gonna you're gonna live live off of, right? Welcome to the Sask Entrepreneurs Podcast. Each week, we bring you an interview featuring an entrepreneur or business leader in the Saskatchewan province. We dive into their journey, lessons learned, and views on the outlook of the Saskatchewan business market. This episode is brought to you by 2Web. Growing your business online is overwhelming. At 2Web, we make it simple. Our agency has helped over 700 businesses and nonprofit organizations grow through digital marketing. Learn more and reach out to us at 2Web.ca. Welcome to today's episode of Sask Entrepreneurs Podcast. Today, we have a very exciting guest, Ben Bourne, who is a co-founder of Symmetry PR and is also the new managing partner of Eagle Feather News. He is a communications professional on paper, but a relationship builder at heart. Over the years, Ben has nurtured a passion for using strategic communications to create inclusive, generous, and responsible communities. He holds a Bachelor's of Arts degree from Canadian Mennonite University and a Diploma in Public Relations from the University of Victoria. In his spare time, Ben is an active volunteer with the International Association of Business Communicators and President of the Learning Disabilities Association of Saskatchewan Board of Directors. Ben, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, having me Neve. It's good to be here, joining you at our virtual table, hopefully not virtual in the future, but it is what it is for now. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, thank you for taking the time today. And I really want to dig in deeper into your current role because you are involved in a lot of things. So if you want to highlight what your backstory is and how did you end up here today? Involved in a lot of things. That's been a theme through I've had in the last year. Currently, uh, as you've mentioned, I am like the co-founder of Symmetry PR. I'm a managing partner of Eagle Feather News. Spoiler alert, by the time people are hearing this, I am now also uh, teaching strategic communications and the faculty member at First Nations University of Canada. So that's another thing that's coming up on my list. And I'm also a student at Royal Roads University in professional communication, master's degree there. So lots of things going on in this communication space that I'm really, really enjoying. But how I got here is certainly, uh, I think, part of the journey. Growing up, I've always was really interested in storytelling. I remember when I was just a young kid, I was running around with a, a camcorder that, you know, you put a little tape in it and I would be shooting home videos, right? Whether it was like me dressed up in a Batman costume or shooting videos with toys or even doing some animation, you know, with Windows Movie Maker, stop motion animation, whatever. I was always kind of into to storytelling and, and that that has always been theme throughout my career. So when I went to university, I thought, oh, yeah, you know, I, I kind of grew up in a religious background. So I thought I was going to become a pastor, which actually is actually also a storyteller in certain ways, right? When they're up there speaking and, and, and it was something that I wanted to do. But I got into oral communication in university. I got into the communications and media side of the program and they offered at university. And I really excelled in that area. And I, I got really into uh, storytelling and, and a little bit on the journalism and on the video side, the podcast production side at the time. We were using, I think, like an Apple podcasting software that was kind of out in the 2010s where you could like produce, you know, and record audio podcasts and stuff. You know, we, we really got into that. So I was really into storytelling. I left university and I applied for a job with the Saskatchewan Indian Gaming Authority. 
and I got a job there as a communications officer. And I worked there for six years, both in communications and then a couple of years in marketing. And I kind of went full blown into the communications profession as a strategist, as a tactician or technician. And I really enjoyed it. I left marketing at Sega and I went over to work for Salon Scale Technology. And then I really enjoyed my time there kind of in a strategy role and kind of in a management support role. And due to the COVID-19 pandemic, I lost my job and I was just kind of bored at home. This is me glossing over seven years of history. There's lots of involvement in professional association and acquiring certification along the way. I'm a communications management professional, which is, uh, it's just an ISO global uh, certified accredited program. So I got that along the way. So I'm one of, well, actually the first self-identified indigenous certified communication management professional in Canada, right? So that is a global standard, right? And so I ha I've kind of got that under my belt. And then I'm sitting at home one day, you know, in the middle of the pandemic in like May-ish. I'm bored. I've lost my job. I'm running out of money. And I'm like, well, I have literally nothing else to lose. So you might as well start a business. And my goal was to earn back the money that would be my startup money. <laughs> that was all I wanted to do. I just wanted to start up something because I was bored. And if I could earn that money back, that's all I cared about. So I phoned up my old boss from Sega and I said, hey, I want to start a business. Do you want to start a business with me? And she said, yeah. <laughs> so that June, we incorporated. She was still working for Sega. I was doing all the work at the beginning, kind of getting things off the ground. And then she quit and came over, you know, giving up that corporate job in the middle of a pandemic, which was kind of a, a move. That's a move for someone to make, a very brave move for someone to make at the time. It's been a ride ever since. She left that job in September, and that's kind of when things started really picking up steam for us. So that's a little bit about my background. That's where I came from, and that's how I got to where I am now. So you started Symmetry PR right in the beginning stages of the pandemic, which must have been quite, you know, a risky approach, right? I mean, you, you obviously would have, uh, you know, thought a lot of uh, strategy as far as how to actually start up a business, but why, why that period of time? I mean, you know, obviously a lot of companies and organizations were rethinking their marketing strategies at that stage and uh, whether to even invest in marketing. So what made you start Symmetry PR? A couple things. It's always been on my to-do list. It's always been something that I wanted to do, but it just, the pandemic pushed me more towards that goal down the road, right? I was like, okay, you know what? I might as well do it now. I was applying for jobs. I wasn't getting any. So I was like, well, I might as well start a business. Like I said, had nothing else to lose. And at the end of the day, I still think while the pandemic was rolling along, there was still a need for storytelling, crisis communication, issues management. Organizations were still going to be requiring those supports through what they were working with, right? And so we picked up a few clients along the way, you know, larger ones that were had still have projects going despite the pandemic. They weren't letting people go. We just thought that we, we could do it. <laughs> I don't know. It was kind of crazy. You know, we just thought we could do this. And like I said, I had nothing else to lose, Manib. So I jumped in, you know, right in, you know, started thinking, yeah, we're going to offer something different, right? We're going to offer, because of the pandemic and the nature of the pandemic, we were work from home. We had low overhead, which meant we could offer very competitive pricing. And we could probably think about the different things that we wanted to do compared to some of our competitors, right? And so we were looking at our competitors and other offerings and we thought, yeah, we could do something different. The other key factor in this is that we could play in the Indigenous space, right? We are majority Indigenous owned, I'm Indigenous. And this is also kind of a growing space, especially in light of truth and reconciliation and even into 2021. 
we see how relevant and important it is to have DE&I, diversity, equity, inclusion, informed communicators working for different organizations and providing advice and strategic advice and counsel on topics related to you know, their communication and how they're approaching some of the really difficult things coming up in, in the public sphere, right? So I don't know. I saw the opportunity. I saw the little slice that we can go after. And despite the pandemic, I thought, you know, we can chase it. And we did. And so far, it seems to be turning up some of the results that we want to see. And as we're coming out of it, you know, we've been able to grow a little bit too, which has been good. That's great. So how has growth been over the past 18 months or so? Well, that's a really great question. Two things have kind of happened. One has been, you know, I was kind of looking at our numbers for the first time in a while, examining kind of how we were year over year. And at this point, we're kind of going into our last quarter and we've 2X'd. We've seen some exponential growth. That's been really exciting to hold things in perspective when you kind of feel like you're you're like, oh my gosh, we're always hustling. We're always trying to get cash in and <laughs> making sure that we can put food on the table. And then you look at the bigger picture and we're like, wow, you know, we've actually grown. That's amazing. That's been a really, really positive, good feeling to have. And looking down the road into quarter four, you know, we have lots of opportunities and contracts there that will only continue to, to help us keep us on that trajectory. And part two is that Melody and I both have got involved uh, with two other people on Eagle Feather Media, which is now the new owner of Eagle Feather News. So within a year's time frame, you know, we've, one, kind of grown our communications consultancy, and two, we've now started another business. They're not, Symmetry doesn't have a vested interest or ownership in, in Eagle Feather, but there is definitely synergy between the two, being a, one being a media organization, news publication, and one being a communications consultancy. Both of them storytelling. Both of them have, at the heart of it, want to build community, engage community through, through storytelling. Lots of shared values there. So we're kind of doing the same thing, but kind of through different streams and ways. And one of the things I really love about doing business in Saskatchewan is that the introductions that I'm getting on the Eagle Feather side are people that I already know through the communication side, right? So now there's just more ways for us to work together to strategize from advertising perspectives to strategize and storytelling perspectives and to bring people together through channel and through strategy, right? So I think that's been really kind of a fun opportunity for us. So, so that's just another growth edge. And I'm looking forward to seeing where that goes into 2022 and how these two kind of synergies will, I hate using the word synergy, but I'm going to use it. <laughs> how these two will have some sort of you know, relationship, right? And we can kind of kind of keep ourselves at arm's length from the editorial, but still use medium communication to help tell stories and, and create change. So it seems like you've got your hands full, but obviously you've faced some challenges in terms of growing the business and really making yourself known through Symmetry PR and also ultimately acquiring Eagle Feather Media as well. Can you maybe describe a little bit more about what are the, some of the challenges that you faced and how you overcome them? I mean, obviously some of the biggest challenges you face, especially in the pandemic, I mean, if you're a traditional bricks and mortar business, the biggest challenge you face is you need to pay rent in an environment where there's not a lot of cash flowing at the moment. So, I mean, for us, that's mitigated through the fact that we don't, we work from home. As a pandemic, we're now at home business. One of the other course challenges too is getting in the door with some of the big players, right? Some of the large corporations. We're a team of two. We have a lots of small, a small group of subcontractors around us that work on projects with us. But I think that's also to our advantage in some way, right? And so, you know, we first of all, what we did is we started small with a few really small players. Nick Sackville, who now is with Big Block Construction, but he was running for city council. You know, a small project with Federated Co-op. You know, just little things, right? And then 
as we get those under our belts and earn trust and word of mouth, you know, we can start growing it bigger. But also what I think a lot of agencies and I think we could have foreseen as trouble is that we had a lot of agencies have our bloated organizations with staff, right? And so I talked about how we have a lot of subcontractors that work around us. One of the things that we've noticed in the pandemic and we've observed is that a lot of people want to be independent now. They don't want to work for agencies that have billable targets, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They want to be able to be independent, but still be a part of a team. So we introduced the Symmetry Collective, which is essentially two who facilitate relationship building with other independent people. And we, you know, we keep them on a Slack channel. You know, we've worked together on projects. We collaborate on bids. And we can kind of offer that agency feel without the baggage that comes for the staff, right? They can still be independent and free to work on whatever they like, right? And so that was another way we mitigated that issue that was kind of, we saw as a potential barrier to growth was like staffing, but we can do this through a network of independence. So again, and that's also because we attribute that to the pandemic. The pandemic opened the doors wide for us to say, we can find other collaborators outside of Saskatoon, you know, in Alberta, in Regina, in, you know, in the North or, or anywhere else. We can stretch our arms wide. We can work on projects for groups in, in Vancouver who actually have an impact here. You know, we're able to, to have people everywhere and clients everywhere through a network. And that seems to have been a really interesting way of, of approaching that than the traditional bricks and mortar businesses that operate here and solely operate here. So that's been kind of like a, a challenge is getting out of that mindset and but leveraging kind of like that power of the network to be different. So Ben, actually, that's a very important point. I mean, you know, from what I recall, I think the first time I met you was about five years ago through IABC. And one of the qualities that I really admire about you and that I noticed is that you are a master networker. You know, people love your personality. You're very jolly. You're very, you know, outspoken. And I, and I love that about you. And I think, you know, that's really resonated a lot with the network that you've established and the relationships that you've built over the years. And I always say that, you know, your network is really your net worth today, because if you can tap into your network and people that you've established good relationships with at the time of need, then you can really help ideas come to reality. So can you talk a little bit about the importance of building a network and how it has actually helped you build this new business as well as uh, what, what does it look like in the near future? It's all about who you know. <laughs> you know, I would never have described myself as the master networker, but I, <laughs> I really appreciate hearing that. It's just, I think for me, as a communications professional, you know, who's a relationship builder at heart, that's how I describe myself, right? That is at the core, what communications people do is they build relationships with people. They build relationships on behalf of organizations and the people they are serving. They are a, a mediator. They operate kind of as on the boundaries of these two relationships, you know, facilitating relationship building. And so as a communicator, I'm flattered to hear that you think I'm a master networker because that means I've done my job. Over the years, I have nurtured lots of really great relationships with people, especially through professional association, right? IABC and some of the other ones. And, and a lot of those relationships have led to leads for us, have led to, oh, you should go talk to so-and-so about a job with them, right? Or they've also led to other people promoting you on your behalf, right? If you keep that relationship strong and, and you nurture it over the years and you're sincere and you're, you operate with integrity and authenticity and, you know, like all the things that you, you should do in a, in a relationship and bring to the relationship, 
those people will promote you. And that has been probably the most enriching part about this, what I'll call my business experiment. It still feels like an experiment. (laughs) It still doesn't feel real. Is that I have been so blessed and enriched by the relationships that I have built because they help promote our work, right? Or they celebrate our work with us. And that usually gets some traction. In terms of like how those networks turn results, I can't necessarily, I mean, aside from my own growth, but I have seen now in occasions where, you know, I'm providing strategic advice to an organization and, you know, I bring in someone to speak at a conference or to support them or provide a sponsorship. And then this group benefits here, right, from that relationship that receives sponsorship and they speak at this organization. Then this person here that I bring in for my network to speak, they get a large contract from one of the people who are listening at that contract, right? At that event, right? That's the power of public relations. That's the power of communication. That's the power of, of relationship building. That is mutual beneficial relationship building. And that's what communications professionals do, right? They're bridgers, they're relationship builders and that create mutual beneficial relationships. And so this just happened a few weeks ago. And I'm like, yeah, that's the power of PR. That was a very small investment of your time and money here. And that was a large, 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 large contract that you got out of that, that investment you made, right? And that's just because I brought people together and I was operating as a consultant with a particular group. So that to me just speaks to the power of the network. And for me, I didn't you know, get a massive kickback from any of those things that I did. I get a small amount of money for doing my consulting, but for me, it's about the results, right? And I see how that relationship created has turned, turned into very tangible results in terms of meals on the table and you know, stronger communities going forward because some of these contracts are going to mean really important initiatives that serve Indigenous communities, right? So that's what gives me life, kind of highlights the power of that network for me. That's amazing, Ben. So where do you see are some of the biggest opportunities for both of your businesses in the near future? There is, so on the communications consulting side, the big opportunity is really focusing in and dialing in on the Truth and Reconciliation Commission. There's a part on there about in one of the calls to action for businesses about the need to build respectful relationships for the purpose of consulting before proceeding on economic development projects. And communications people, especially Indigenous communicators and Indigenous communication organizations like myself, play a very important role in that relationship building. And sometimes I think that relationship building part gets missed or it is kind of thrown off to someone else. But I think there's a really important place here for communicators to talk about their role they play in relationship building. And, you know, I talk about that network. I talk about that, play that role in in bridging people together to create mutual beneficial relationships. There is a place here for that same, that template or that way of operating between Indigenous and non-Indigenous communities and organizations to build respectful nation-to-nation relationships, that is a a good space for communications down the road. I feel like I just gave away the secret sauce, but that's where I I know that we we play in, where you play in well, or we have that opportunity. And we've done a little bit there. In terms of on the media side, if we look at Eagle Feather Media, you know, right now we are a newsprint publication, but, and I'll just speak to a little bit maybe about the the importance of Eagle Feather News first, because that's what kind of illuminate what the opportunity is. Eagle Feather News is really important because it helps connect people in Saskatchewan from all corners of the province, all walks of life, whether you're Indigenous or non-Indigenous, right? It engages people in these very important stories. A lot of Indigenous news and the mainstream news today 
is really focused on really traumatic events or really political events or really, right? You know, they're very, very, usually often very headline grabbing type stories, right? Eagle Feather News is special because it tells stories from corners of the province that people don't often see or hear. It is stories about people that can make their, you know, cook them or mush them proud, their grandma or their grandpa proud, right? It is real human, authentic stories that people can read in far corners of the province and, and feel connected to what's happening all around the province and, and, and feel connected to those positive stories, those stories of hope. The publication itself then can connect people to ideas, connect people to stories, and connect people to the information they need to make change or to advocate for change inside communities. So that's, that's the power of Eagle Feather News. That's why it exists. And that's why it is independent of the same kind of ideas that drive the modern or the, the mainstream news, right? It is a little off, off mainstream because it tells a different kind of story. The opportunity there is to push digital, push more digital platforms, to push podcasting, to push storytelling in ways that haven't been done yet before or come from mainstream news, I would say, and storytelling organizations. So we're very intentional about calling the parent company Eagle Feather Media, who operates Eagle Feather News, because Eagle Feather Media opens up the door for all different kinds of mediums and channels for storytelling in unique and different ways that is not traditionally done. So I think that's the opportunity there. Both together, I think, offer unique services to each other, right? You know, symmetry, communications, we need writers on the consultancy side. We need storytellers as well. And just like Eagle Feather Media and any other news or outlet requires advertisers. <laughs> and, you know, we are strategists who do ad buying on the consultancy side. We can kind of help feed the business there, right? To keep that storytelling, that greater purpose alive. So there's some really great, great energy there. And I think that's kind of the road. So Eagle Feather Media is pushing digital, pushing storytelling telling different stories. Symmetry Communications is building relationships, right? And together they can kind of do the greater thing, which is building, building community at the end of the day, right? That's what they do together. So very quickly, what is the long-term vision over the next 10 years for both of these businesses? I mean, I know it's hard to foresee that, but it seems like there's, as you mentioned earlier, there's a lot of synergy between both of these businesses. And I love the fact that you're taking this initiative to really, um, you know, shed light on some of the stories that need to be told in an effective manner. So what is the vision for both of these businesses and how, how will they work together over the next 10 years? I talk about it in my Eagle Feather Media interviews and I talk about it in my Symmetry interviews, but the shared vision, even though they're not the same company in my mind as the reason why I'm involved in both is because in 10 years down the road, we have more caring, connected and responsible communities. Whether that's through communications consulting and relationship building or storytelling through Eagle Feather Media side, the end result is more caring, connected, and responsible communities. Maybe more reconciled communities, especially from a TRC side of things, right? That is the grand vision. What that looks like, I don't know, but it is labeled as more caring, connected, and responsible communities, right? That is why I do both of these. That is my purpose as a relationship builder. So if you could go back yourself 10 years, considering where you are today, what advice would you give to your younger self? So 10 years ago, by the time this is airing, I was 22 years old. I was going into my second last semester of university. I was taking lots of communication courses. I wasn't sure where my career was going to go. And, you know, I, I think throughout the course of my career, I've been bumped around a lot in different ways. And I think whether it was in university and I faced some bumps in the road or if it was at SEGA and I 
and I felt like I couldn't move up. I could only move laterally. You know, I've never felt like I always felt like I faced some bumps in the road and it never felt like I could, I would be able to move on or, or move forward. Right. If 22 year old Ben could look at 32 year old Ben, I think his mind would be blown. <laughs> and I'd be like, wow, you know, there was the part of Ben that age that, you know, desired security and safety and, you know, the career path and the pension and this and that. But there was also the part of him that grew up in an entrepreneurial family who grew up in a family of small business and that I think there was always, so it's funny actually that you, you talked about some of the things I do growing up. I, I always wanted to be a, a movie director, this and that, a storyteller, but there was also a part of me that when I was very young, I would play small business. I would have, you know, like little sheets of paper and I would do math and write receipts or, you know, if it was for my grandparents, if they were selling furniture, I would, you know, negotiate, they would do the negotiating, but I would negotiate the sale of the furniture, right? You know? So there was always the part of me that also had the small business drive too. If I could go back and tell Ben two things, one is pay attention to the things that are resonating with you in the moment and not resonating with you in the moment. I think, I think I was too committed to a lot of different things at the time, like a classic, actually, like any entrepreneur, I had a lot of different ideas. But stay focused on what is working for you, what you like and what's resonating and choose what not to do or choose, stay away from what not to do. You know, you, that sort of means to be strategic is, is choosing what not to do, right? So we're not going to do these things, but stay focused on communication, stay focused on storytelling. This is working for you. Don't know where that's going to go. You're probably going to hit some bumps in the road, but keep leaning into it. I think sometimes Ben was afraid of vulnerability, was afraid to not lean into the discomfort of, of being pushed. So I would say one, lean in, right? Keep pushing it all forward. Two is pay attention to that, that voice inside you that wants to break out and play a little bit. I think that's also kind of what got me to this where I am now is like, finally, after I left Sega, after I left corporate, after I left all that, that structure that I thought I wanted and loved, I realized that I wasn't really thriving in the same way. Sure, I could buy a house. Sure, I could buy a car. But... I was not alive. Like every time I wake up now, I feel like I'm alive. I'm like, oh yeah, like I should have paid attention to this voice that said you need to break out of what you think is is comfortable for you, right? And so now, now I feel more animated and excited about what I'm doing every day. So telling, you know, 10 year old, 10 years younger, pay attention to that voice inside you that tells you to, it's okay to break out of the mold. You don't have to do whatever, what society wants you to do, which is get the secure job, get the pension, this and that and that. All that's really great on paper, but it does, it, it's, it's just not the energy that, <laughs> that you're going you're gonna to live off of, right? And now that I'm doing it, I'm playing in all these different things. I'm teaching in university. I'm operating two different businesses. I have a very small part-time job on the side. I'm going to school and I'm living and it's awesome. So yeah, lean in, be uncomfortable and play. I think that's what I would tell myself 10 years ago. I can feel the sense of empowerment from your voice. And, uh, and you know that when you're working towards your purpose, every workday doesn't seem like a workday. That's good to hear. That's really good to hear. And it's quite inspiring that, you know, you've started these, uh, these businesses, you know, during the pandemic, uh, Symmetry PR and, and, and grown it to this level and, and achieved this level of success. I think that's quite inspiring for other entrepreneurs who are listening to this podcast. So for the listeners, you know, based on your experiences and challenges that you've overcome, what is the one big takeaway that you could give the other entrepreneurs that are listening to this podcast right now? One of the big things that I could encourage entrepreneurs is 
and I, I touched on this a minute ago, and this is a word that comes up that Melody and I often talk about in our work, is uh, vulnerability and courage. And this comes more from Brene Brown's work. Brene Brown talks about, you know, vulnerability is, is about leaning into kind of like this, leaning into facing risk and emotional exposure. And, and that comes up a lot when you're an entrepreneur and you don't know what that emotion is, but it can be very debilitating if you're not willing to lean in and wrestle with it. Because you face a lot of risk and a lot of emotional exposure. You know, you're starting up a business, you're risking a lot, you know, in terms of like money, like how am I going to feed myself? How am I going to write? And you face a lot of emotional exposure because I don't have a family, but some other people do have families. And I can imagine that the entrepreneurial journey for a family is very painful at some points in the lows. And so you face a lot of vulnerability and what feels like weakness, but vulnerability is not weakness. It is a strength. It means courage, right? To a certain degree. Vulnerability is also the place and the birthplace of love, joy, and belonging, connection, courage, creativity. And so you got to learn to pay attention to that. Like when you're feeling vulnerable, keep going into it, keep pushing through it. That's where your best ideas come. That's where that joy comes from because you're happy about doing the work you're doing every day. I'm, I'm so happy about what I'm doing every day because I was vulnerable enough to say, to face risk, to face emotional exposure to do that, right? And it takes courage. And so that's what I would say is, is once you're when feeling vulnerable, don't be afraid of it. It's not a weakness. You've got to lean into it. Sometimes that means you're going to break down and you're going to cry <laughs> or you're going to be, have that sickness in your stomach because you're so anxious about not being able to eat or you're, you're not sure how you're going to make that or not have the time to do this. You got to push into that and, and work through it and take a breath <laughs> and keep trucking. Just be aware of it and how it might be. Don't let vulnerability manage you. You need to learn to do vulnerability. Don't let it do you. You need to do it and practice it. And so risking that emotional exposure and that feeling of this is really uncomfortable, right? I think that's really important. That's my lesson. That's something I should think anyone should take away from this the entrepreneurial experience. I've seen lots of entrepreneurs do it, but sometimes they don't label it. And that has been something that I've labeled in, in my experience. Actually, yeah, it's a very important point. I know Brene Brown talks about this in The Gifts of Imperfection in her book, you know, about vulnerability. What I find is that a lot of entrepreneurs, they label vulnerability as weakness when actually it's about really being able to understand yourself and ultimately build from that and use, use your vulnerability as an asset rather than something that you push to the side and try to avoid because we're all vulnerable at some level and we're all weak at some level. And it's like when we go out, we are wearing this mask to hide that vulnerability. You know, it's just, I feel that that's an element that is inhuman because every human is vulnerable at some level. I, can, I really appreciate that. And I think, you know, I love about some of her work is, you know, she says, you know, don't think that you're not vulnerable, you know, walking with a parent through death or towards, you know, while, while they're dying or through cancer treatments or whatever, that's vulnerable. That's what it is. Starting a business from scratch in the middle of a pandemic that's vulnerable. <laughs> right? So I guess it's like, be aware of what isn't, isn't vulnerable. It's not just, you know, weakness, right? But it, it's actually strength. Like it takes strength to do those things. And those are very vulnerable things to do. You know, asking someone to marry you, telling someone you love them, waking up, not sure if someone loves you because of a business, maybe a business decision you've made <laughs> or an investment you made tanked. That's all vulnerable. It, that is all strength. And we, we just don't see it that way. So true. Ben, it's been such a pleasure to speak with you today. Where can people find out more about you and contact you online? 
people can find me uh, publicly on Twitter, Instagram, and on LinkedIn. I'm a massive LinkedIner. Got to build my network. You can also find me at symmetry-pr.com. That's our company website. And if you're interested in reading Eagle Feather News or subscribing, go to eaglefeathernews.com. Check it out there as well. All of our contact information is available on all those places. I would love to hear other stories from entrepreneurs. I love to share my wisdom. We got to stick together during these times as we're building our businesses and growing. So, Absolutely. Well, thank you so much again, Ben. And it's, uh, you know, I I certainly wish you the best of success uh, in the near future over here, as well as uh, let's keep in touch and uh, take care. Sounds good. Thanks. Thank you for listening. And we hope you found this episode useful. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a five-star review. You can see more information and all of the resources mentioned in today's episode at saskentrepreneurs.com. That's S-A-S-K entrepreneurs.com. This episode is brought to you by TwoWeb. Growing your business online is overwhelming. At TwoWeb, we make it simple. Our agency has helped over 700 businesses and nonprofit organizations grow through digital marketing. Learn more and reach out to us at TwoWeb.ca.